It's After the Snow, where the podcast, where we talk about the TV series Snowfall, but not just talk about it, you know. We got the man whose life story is inspiration for Snowfall and is largely depicted in Snowfall as my co-host. My name is Dave Mays, and my co-host, of course, is Freeway Rick Ross. What up, Dave? What's up? What's up, Rick? How's it going? Man, everything good. Glad to be back home again. Yeah. Short time. Short time. Another trip. Another trip. You're moving. Uh, moving around as usual. What, what what part of the country were you were you in? Uh, I went and hosted an event in Terre Haute, Indiana. My first okay. time ever going to Terre Haute. Little small town, you know. Um, the guy that put it together is in prison in the hole and he wants to make a difference in his community. So he put together a, a community event where they're trying to build a, a well, let me say they're building a, 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 a community center because the community center that they have right now, uh, the state controls it and they allows the events to happen there that they want to happen. And, and they want to be able to have whatever event, uh, they want to have there. So um, that that's what it was, you know. And okay. Nice turnout, though. You know, people showed a lot of love. Um, didn't get to sell any books because my books got there late. My bags, uh, they had a storm oh. in Phoenix. So uh, oh. I, had to, I had to get on another plane, buy another ticket, you know, because I promised the guy I was going to be there. And... Uh, and and I just didn't want to let him down, you know, knowing knowing where he's at right now and, and that he's working so hard. Um, I didn't want to let him down. So I bought another ticket and jumped on another plane and my bags bags didn't get there till later on that evening. But uh, nice turnout. And I went from there, went to uh, went to Cincinnati, had a big meeting in Cincinnati with uh, some sports agents, uh, marijuana marijuana sellers, distributors, manufacturers. Uh, we had a great meeting there. Uh, so so pretty good weekend, you know. Probably not as exciting as the weekend coming up. You know, uh, uh, I'll be in Memphis, Tennessee uh, Friday. We're we doing a party with Floyd Mayweather. I'll be hosting and, and I'll be the co-host. So, you know, that'll oh, be nice. exciting. Haven't saw Floyd in a couple, couple years. You know, be interested to see what he's talking about right now and and see how you feel about uh, me being in the boxing game, you know, uh, the strives. You know, I, I'd ask him to help me get in when, when I first got home. And um, he had a few choice words. So uh, I'm going to see how he still feels. Is his words yeah. still the same when I get the same? Yeah, here in the that's going to be that's going to be interesting. I might have to <laughs> um, I might have to get on FaceTime with you. Holler at my boy Floyd. You know, I, I, I know Floyd very, very well. Um, had him up at the Source Awards, presenting awards 20-some years ago when he was just really getting his name out there. Oh, you um, helped blow him up then. Yeah, man. He was he was, he was was so happy to be there at that Source Award. That was in Miami. He loved it. He had a great time. And, yeah, I've been, I've been close to Floyd for a long time. It looked time, like right? I used to have a lot of fun at the Source Awards, man. 
Man, it was, especially once we moved it to Miami to, and turned it to like Source Awards weekend. So then, you know, you had everybody coming out for the weekend and, you know, the awards was on Sunday night and not everybody could get into that. But then we had all kind of other activities, celebrity basketball games, different type things going on throughout the weekend. Um, so it was, yeah, it was a lot of fun. So you liked it better when it was in Miami than New York? Yeah, I mean, I liked each place. I did the Source Awards in three different, you know, kind of areas. I did two in New York. I did uh, two in um, L.A. and then three in Miami. Um, and they all had their, you know, had their attributes. But Miami was the last ones that I did. They were probably the biggest ones like you know that with that whole concept of turning it into a weekend we didn't do that in new york or la it was just mainly focused on getting the awards done so once once that that's what really brought it to another level and yeah miami just was a great place to host the source awards back in 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 those days perfect place well, Miami, a great place to host anything man you know it was just the, the environment that tropical you know um I just don't like the humidity, you know, that, that, that sweating. And, and, you know, last time I was there, I was there for Art Bezel and uh, it was off the change. But that, 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 that humidity, man, just gets to me. I can't, I can't take that, that sweating all day long. Yeah. Yeah, it can. But, you know, if, if you hang by the beach, you know, you do all right. Yeah. yeah. Stay close, stick close to the beach. Um, so yeah, man. Yeah, I got my uh, my espresso martini. I want to shout out, uh, <laughs> you know, Brett, my lady Brett, our our, our sometimes co-host, who'll be back, I'm sure, with us sometime soon. But at least she hooked me up tonight with the uh, espresso martini. My, one of my Get you right. Get drinks. you right. Yeah. 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 No doubt. No uh, doubt. No doubt. Yes. Yeah. Sir. So you ready to get into the show, man? Uh, yeah, I think we should. Um, I have one other thing I just want to mention because uh, it's been on my mind. I've been I've been watching this series um, on Netflix. Um, it's been out, and I had seen an earlier version of it a few years back, but then they they re-released it, I guess, and put out a new season. It's called Top Boy, um, and actually Drake and Future are among the executive producers of the series. Uh, I think Maverick Carter's executive producer. It's on uh, Netflix, but it's it's basically a series that was produced in, in the UK in London. Um, and it's kind of the story of uh, these guys who are, you know, kind of battling for control of the, the drug trade and the housing projects in London. Um, and it's just really well done. Good, really great actors. Most of them are, are, are British actors. I've been I've been looking them up, uh, but I like the actors. A couple couple of them are rappers. One of them, who's one of the main stars, is also a, a British rapper who goes by Kano, and um, he does an amazing job in the show. But they 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 play a lot of cool music in there, and they've been turning me on to some of the UK rap artists you know uk has a long history in rap but um you know they have some pretty 
some pretty dope. This this dude named uh, Roots Roots Maneuver. Um, I like him. They have one of his songs in the show, and uh, there's like a UK kind of drill music scene that's been pretty pretty big. Has a lot of big artists, and just had me thinking about just the the international you know impact and influence of of this culture and hip hop. You know how how it travels and how much we have in common you know, with people all around the world, you know, sometimes if you don't travel that much or you don't get out of the United States, you don't get an appreciation for that. Um, so just wanted to, wanted to and share you always, that. You're always, you always big on that music, man. You're big on music. Yeah, that, yeah it's, you know, there's just certain music that just, you know, that just touches my spirit, man. That's really how I was feeling listening to, uh, to the song is called "Fighting For" uh, by Roots Maneuver. I believe we believe is how it's pronounced. But uh, it was yeah, definitely man. a hit. Now, just a little part you played for me. You know, I, I felt it. You know, yeah. it's like quick. You know, you you know it's a hit when when as soon as you hear it, you can feel it. Should have been, could have been, ain't so why I bother with. No time to tolerate the constants of hurriedness. Dressed as a friend, as nice as they come. Knife shall be plunged deep into the flesh of them that were happy to least expect it. Blood may well be thicker than water. The war will arrive with no word of warning. Angels of the morning, demons in the noon, ever consumed by beating off the gloom. They're in the moment, faced with the truth. Just ain't gonna know what's Anyway, it's been out for a number of years. It's, it's a song from like 2015, I believe, but I I had never heard it. But uh, I've been playing that all week. So <laughs> that's how I do. I get into one song and I'll I'll play it on repeat all day, all week long. You know, I know he's gonna be glad to he gonna be glad to hear that. <laughs> I hope it does reach him, man. I hope it does reach him and 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 the cast. From uh, Top Boy, that could be another another TV show we we follow. But um, let's get to uh, let's get to our business, which is Snowfall. That's um, what everybody's been waiting on. Yeah, yeah, we getting some good numbers waiting. out there. We getting some good. Yeah, we get you know shout out to all our uh, listeners and viewers. We're checking us out, and and uh, the audience is growing. So we appreciate y'all, and uh, we're gonna try to keep. You know, keep it coming. Um, this week we're talking about uh, we're in season two of Snowfall. We're into episode six, uh, which is called uh, titled "The Offer," um, which I think is probably referring to the way things end, which I'll save uh, down. You know, for a little bit further in the show to talk about the the ending and uh, what happens at the end of this episode, but. Um, I don't know. I think it was a pretty, pretty good episode. Um, not as good as last week to me, but um, um, you know, there's a bunch of interesting things going on that, that I think we should talk about. Um, yeah, well, this week any, it, any it kept you. Particular? It kept you. It kept you watching this week. You know, um, to see what was next. I, I would say that we opened the show. Um, and uh, they're showing us the woman, uh, Lorena, who supposedly was Pedro's girlfriend, who we've learned last week is an undercover 
uh, agent of some kind. Um, and she's meeting with her boss and he's telling her that he's, you know, pulling her off the job because of the shooting that she was involved in. She killed like two or three people and, um, you know, that she should have arrested them. And, you know, I think he said something like, you know, she might have participated in disposing of the bodies and it's a whole big, big mess um, there. So that's really the first thing we're seeing. I know you had some thoughts about that, too. Yeah, that's that's I mean, those are pretty serious ac- ac- um, accusations, you know, for a cop to to be involved in a murder. And and then I mean, I mean, I've 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 actually read cases, you know, where. The murder was already committed and and they took the undercover cop to where the bodies was at and stuff like that. But I've never never have I heard of an undercover cop actually participating uh, in in the murder of of of, of anybody. You know, um, mm. they they went out there on the, on the limb on that one. In, in my personal mm-hmm. opinion, you know, they they, mm-hmm. they 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 stuck that one out there. Uh, so for her to participate in the murders, and then not only that. But to uh, then dispose of the body, really, she should have hit the, uh, the 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 backup. You know, as soon as the shooting started, she should have hit the backup call because uh, they should have had a, a serious investigation. You know, mm-hmm. right there, anytime somebody gets killed, you know, especially in a cop involved shooting. Uh, um, I mean, really, she you really could say she she covered up a crime scene, you know, by helping move the bodies around. Uh, I don't know if she couldn't be criminally charged. Hmm. Technically, well, well, um, she she uh, convinces her boss to give her two more days. She says, "Look, you know, we're trying to get the bigger fish here. You know, we don't want to just, you know, that's why I don't think we should just arrest them right on the spot for that." Um, and you know, so she thinks the bigger fish is Teddy and his brother, the pilot. Um, that's the ones that's supplying the drugs. She has no idea who they really are. And uh, that those are the big fish that she's she wants to go for. So we see her spying on them or, you know, kind of staking out uh, Teddy's office location, waiting on them. And, uh, of course, we also see officially now that Pedro was down with her all along. He wasn't just the innocent guy being fooled. Um, you know, he's actually a government informant who's been working with with them to try to bring his cousin and everybody else down. You know, he seems very vindictive. And, uh, you know, she's telling him at one point, yeah, you know, we're going to get exactly what you wanted, you know, getting Lucia put away in jail forever and, you know, so on and so on. And then you... Uh... I couldn't tell what he wanted. If he wanted revenge, you know, for 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 them killing his dad, if he wanted his money back out of the, out of the operation, uh, you know, we, we never really found out what he really wanted. Uh, we mm-hmm. know what he told uh, Lucille and him when he came back that he wanted to be part of the team, but we know now that was all just a ruse to uh, to get in and 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 set him up. Right, right. So. Um... So, yeah, so um, Oso and Lucia are, you know, 
basically scrambling now. They've killed Stomper. They figured out that Soledad is some type of, you know, agent. And they're worrying, this is, you know, ending of last week, that they're going to be arrested and what are they going to do? Um, so that is really one of the first things we're seeing, um, you know, in the episode is them trying to, you know, figure out how to manage the situation. And one of the one of the first things that happens is, um, and, oh, and also tells Lucia, no, Lucia, actually, I'm sorry, tells also you were right about Pedro. You know, we should have never let him back in, like you said. So at least she admitted that to also she was she was wrong about that. But um, the first thing we kind of see is uh, Stompers, people, including uh, the grand matriarch of the Mexican cartel. Um, I think her name is. Gabriella, she's the, you know, the the big boss of the family uh, that Stomper was a part of. And she shows up with all the guys and they want to know what happened. He's missing, um, you know, and what's going on. Of course, Lucia and Oso are kind of trying to cover everything up. They've cleaned the place up, dispose of the bodies, um, trying to basically say they don't know what's going on. Um, but she's... She she picks up on something. She has everybody leave the the building, and then she runs up on Lucia and and puts her her thumb in that uh, hole in Lucia's shoulder from the bullet wound, and you know basically gets her to admit what happened. So they got they got some real problems now. Yeah, I was wondering how did she figure out she had been shot? You know, and, uh, just just pick up on that. You know, that was. Uh, I don't know. You know, it's kind of strange. I guess she has some of those superpowers like Teddy. Right. Yeah, I was up. thinking they might, you know, you might see a shot where like maybe there was a little bit of blood showing through or something, but I didn't notice that. Um, so, yeah, it was kind of weird that she was just able to, to figure that out. Um, but I guess that's why she's the, the big boss lady. She's got those, you know, incredible power of perception. Um so yeah, so they're they're dealing with that, and she basically you know corners them. She they, she you know Lucia has to admit what happened that they killed them, and you know of course tries to explain it all. But uh, you know the boss lady's not having it. She's like, look, you know you basically I'm gonna wipe your whole family out if you don't pay me one point five million or something. You know in the next two days, and um, Lucia scrambling comes up with her plan, her idea to try to get out of this, which is I will sell you the recipe. I will give you the recipe to how to make the rock yourselves, which will make your profits go up 10 times or whatever. Um, and the godmother, the, uh, you know, the lady, the woman in charge, uh, she liked that idea, but she said, you know, yeah, you got, you got two days to get back to me on that. Uh, with this with this recipe. So that becomes a big part of the episode is them trying to figure out how they can get the recipe to save their ass uh, with Stomper and his his people. And I guess since uh, since they had saved uh, Franklin that time, you know, and also had 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 got those guys to 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 let Franklin off the hook. 
that they felt that that was enough to to get Franklin to get him the recipe. He wasn't going for it. <laughs> he, he, he said, "Sorry, also." Uh, right, right, exactly. So this, this, they're really running with this recipe being, you know, this incredibly valuable secret, um, and uh, making, you know, making some good stories, storylines out of that idea. Even though we know that wasn't really the case, uh, you know, where the recipe was this big secret at that stage of things that that uh, you know would be treated in that way. Um, so, um, now when we was coming up, it was so it was so pretty cheaply. I think the first time I paid somebody for for the recipe was like seventy five thousand, and and. Uh, they gave me uh they gave me the recipe not not cooking uh uh just cocaine and 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 um and and baking soda but later on they came out with this way that they was cooking the the the, the coke up when they was putting procaine and novocaine in it and it would stretch it and make it make it bigger so everybody was 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 trying to get on that bandwagon for a while and uh the recipe was selling for about 75,000 and then once I bought it for seventy five, I started selling it for thirty, thirty five to to multiple guys to to get my money back as well. Hmm. How long did that last? The market for selling the recipe, would you say? Like months, it went on for about, years, about two years, about two years. Okay, you know, it was it was guys that was always late to the party. You know, you know how somebody gonna be late to the party, so. <laughs> you know, it went right. down. I think the last time I sold it to somebody probably was like five thousand, six thousand dollars. You know, like, I see. Everybody know how to do that shit now, so just uh, just give it up. <laughs> um, uh, I want to talk for a brief bit about Teddy, his storyline, this episode. Um, you know, he's. Uh, in Panama with Avi and his brother. I guess they're going down there to, you know, try to get this arms deal that he's now brokering with Avi done and get the, you know, use of of Panama and the protection of the government there in uh, getting his weapons in and out. Um, and so they're having meetings about that. And they're, you know, Teddy, I mean, uh, yeah, well, Teddy's brother, Matt, and Avi a partying, and Teddy finds out that Avi's spying, figures out that Avi's spying on his brother and kind of recording him to, you know, gain some some uh, security <laughs> for down the road. He, he he points that out, gets, puts his brother on to game, and, you know. Um, so that was interesting. Panama just um, – I think I asked you this before, but, like, did you ever hear anything about Panama back in those days, any particular – you know, no, not until uh, no, not until much later in 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 my career that that you start to hear the stories about Panama, um, but in the early days, nah. But you you know you, you got to remember, Dave. Uh, you talking about guys who were um, literally illiterate, didn't watch the news, you know, and did no studying. So you know, all the information that we got was from the people that we were surrounded with. So, so our, uh, 
our expansion of, of, of knowledge could only go as far as the people that, that we associated with. Got it. Got it. Um, yeah, I thought, um, one thing that was interesting with Teddy, um, while Avi and his brother are partying, Teddy goes off to a meeting and the meeting is with his, his old partner, Alejandro's wife, who had gotten injured in like the attack on the camp in Nicaragua. And he had flown her to a hospital in the U S and of course, you know, Alejandro ended up getting killed by Teddy. Um, so this is the first time we're seeing Teddy get back with the wife and try to reestablish um, working with her. And if I'm not mistaken, at the beginning of that scene, he's showing her pictures of a plane crash. And he's basically telling her that Alejandro died in a plane crash because uh, he makes reference to that. I don't know. Did you did you pick up on that? I didn't pick up on that. I missed it. Yeah, yeah. It was a short scene, but I thought it was interesting. Well, Teddy was always Teddy's. come up with something. Teddy, Teddy, you know, Teddy is probably the smartest guy on this show. Mm-hmm. You know, with the moves he's making, and, and his brother's pretty clever too. You know, his brother got the gift of gab. So uh, the two of them, man, no wonder they got to the top of the CIA. Right, right, brother Matt. Yeah, he's he's pretty cool. Matt, Matt liked the party cool, though with the girls. Teddy was like, "Man, they gonna set you up with them girls, man." And what Matt say? Uh, it was all right until he thought about the guy on the other end of the of the lens. <laughs> <laughs> he said that messed messed it up. He couldn't get back into his groove after he knew that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Shit, I know. I probably would have felt the same way. <laughs> <laughs> so the other stuff in this episode that that I think is uh, important to talk about um, um, has to do with with fathers. So one one thing is Rob and his father. So remember, Rob shows up and tells Franklin that he got robbed or somebody stole the you know, two keys that Franklin had fronted him. And it turns out he says it was his dad that took him. And they end up, uh, you know, all rolling to his dad's house. His dad is a, you know, like a porn movie director, producer. He's shooting porn movies at, at Rob's house. And this is the house where Franklin, I guess, lived during some of his high school years, they had taken him in and he was living out there. So he knew, he knew, you know, Rob's dad very well. And, you know, there's a situation here where, you know, they're going to get these, find these two keys that popped up missing. And uh, it's pretty wild, wild scene. Uncle Jerome is jumping in and hyping it up and he slaps, slaps the shit out of, uh, uh, um, Rob's dad and basically gets Rob to slap his dad, to slap him, smack the shit out of him. And <laughs> Rob can barely, Rob can barely do it. And finally Rob breaks down and is like, man, it's my fault. I'll take responsibility. You know, this is my dad. Don't, you know, let's not beat him up any, any, any further. 
at Franklin. And, and Rob Dab though, yes. like Franklin kind of owed him. You know, he was talking about stuff like, you know how much money it costs to feed Rob? And, and so what I only inferred from that is that he was saying, not only was I feeding Rob, but I was feeding your ass too. You know, I spent a lot of money, you know, getting you to where you at now today. So, so I kind of felt like his dad was almost saying like Franklin owed him. He, he definitely was. He was trying to, you know, justify why he had sold these two keys or whatever he did with them. Um, you know, he wanted to, you know, you know, that was his, yeah, that was definitely what he was telling Franklin, like, man, you owe me. So you should take it light. Franklin said, Hey, you know, I didn't know that your generosity came with uh, strings attached to it. You know, you were taking care of me and telling me, you know, you're, you're looking out, you know, you never asked for anything in return. So, you know, Franklin wasn't going for that at first, but he eventually did give in at Rob's Rob's request. Yeah, well, you know, a lot of people feel like that, you know, that, that people do stuff for them a favor and they feel they don't have to do anything back in return. Um, I'm totally the opposite of that. I believe that, you know, if somebody do you a favor, uh, in actuality, you do owe them. You know, uh, they may not call you on it, but, you know, anytime somebody do something for me, I always keep that in my mind that that that, that was done for me. And uh, however big or small it was, you know, if I use that favor, uh, you know, I'm indebted to that person. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a real way to look at it. And, and you're right. Franklin should at least acknowledge that instead of just, you know being like fuck you where's my where's my coke um, you know <laughs> well you know franklin he's a kind of a bully on, on people he got the upper hand on i'm, I'm saying you know he, he he pushes away his weight around on 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 people who is not as uh as powerful as he is you know mm-hmm. and i don't really like that i don't like people like that you know, I would have liked to see him push his weight around with Avi. Right. Right. That's that would have been more more in your character. I could see you being a little more, you know, stern with Avi than Franklin's been less intimidated, let's say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he, he pussies he pussies around Avi and, and, and even Teddy too, you know, you know. Teddy kidnapped his ass, and the only thing he he gonna say, Mister Kidnapper. Come on, man. All right. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. Know, so so right. you know, I just I just look at that as kind of like, come on, quit pussyfooting around, man. Be be firm all the time. You know, don't be firm. You know, with the guy at the coffee, the old man at the coffee shop, and you know, and and Rob's dad, and and your dad. You know, it's like these people are are, are almost like they're helpless. Right. That's right. He did yeah. get a little forceful with Kev though. But I guess he True. knew Kev wasn't gonna he knew Kev wasn't gonna hurt him. Right. Right. But uh interesting. Interesting stuff. And then Franklin and his dad, you know, is the other kind of dad storyline going on um here. Um, you know, this woman I think who worked at uh the shelter with her dad. Uh, shows up at the ice cream truck at first. Um, 
trying to get Franklin's attention and let him know that the police are looking for his dad. She's trying to find him, uh, try to help him and get him to sign some paperwork. Uh, Franklin is, you know, brushing her off and she don't, he don't want to do nothing to help his dad. He tells her, um, but, um, you know, by the end he's, he's come around a little bit and, um, you know, he's agreed to help find his dad. They go down and find his dad working in, in the corner store that Franklin used to work at for uh, Mr. Mister Cho, who looks like he's, you know, your typical L.A. Korean store owner, corner store owner, um, where, where Franklin used to work. And... Um, yeah, and the, and the uh, woman from the shelter is down there to try to help, you know, get the dad to sign the paperwork and everything. Um, so seemed like he had a little bit of a change of heart um, and um, was starting to show a little bit more compassion for his dad, but he's not showing much. The You know, the, the uh, lady from the shelter tells him you're doing good and you're looking better and, you know, I'm proud of you, but Franklin is just like, you know, I got you a lawyer and uh, make sure, you know, you know, mess up shit for my mom, you know, basically is what it, what he's telling them. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Franklin was trying to take the girl out, too. That's right. That's right. He does. As soon as they leave, he's on it. <laughs> he's, starting, he's starting to feel her. And she says, nah, she turns him down. She says... You know, I know why you hustle, but, you know, I've kind of been down that road before and I don't I don't want to go down that road again. And she 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 turns him turns him down. We'll see. We'll see if that lasts, if he stays, stays after her and breaks her down or not, because he yeah, he definitely was feeling her. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's a man now, so it'd be hard for him to turn yeah. the man down. When you that guy. Yeah, she she also told him, I think another thing that intrigued him was she told him that the reason she got assigned to uh maybe she's not from the shelter, maybe she's like from the city, some type of public defender office or something, because she said uh the reason she got assigned to his case was because her dad was a black a former Black Panther like Franklin's dad. Um, and she tells Franklin, yeah, my dad got killed when I was 13. And, you know, they, they said it was a, you know, like a accident or whatever, but, but, you know, she believes he was, he was set up, uh, like a lot of the other, you know, black leadership, uh, in, in those days was by, uh, the FBI and COINTELPRO. Um, so that was another thing they, they have in common that their their dads are both former Black Panthers. Hmm, so. Okay, so she took that to heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't catch that part. I didn't catch that. That was, uh huh. Yeah, you be on it, Dave. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I keep you know I keep my notes. <laughs> I try to keep close close attention to, to details. There's a lot of things you know you don't want to you don't want to miss, and then. You know, it's good that we can, you know, go back and forth because you see stuff that I don't see as well. And those details is what really make the show 
you know, when you, you can follow those details is what's supposed to let you know what's going to happen next and, you know, where the show is going. And because and, I think that's the most fun about watching shows like these is that you're able to to see where the writer's going. You know, you, you want to get into the writer's head or get into the to the actor's head and see, you know, which direction they're going in. So I wanted to ask you about the father storylines and kind of father figures and lack of father figures, which, you know, remains an issue uh, in the community still to this day. Um, But, um, you know, I know you kind of grew up without your dad, but I wanted to ask you if, if, you know, if you felt that, you know, some of the, people you work with and other people you encountered, you know, as you, as your presence grew and your leadership, you know, grew where people coming to you and kind of looking to you for that kind of fatherly guidance. Did you have any younger people, you know, that maybe didn't have fathers in their lives that you were able to influence? Obviously you do a lot of this stuff now, you know, with your community activism, you know, uh, that you're involved in, but I'm just curious you know, back in, in, in the day, um, what, what it felt like back then. Well, yeah, those are the kind of people that you really look for, you know, when, when, when you're trying to build a team, you're looking for people who, who, who parents are not paying close attention to them. That mean that they may only have a mom at the house, which is even better, you know, when the father is not around. Uh, and in South Central, more than likely the father was in jail. So, you know, that meant that the kids had already probably been exposed to criminal activity. So so they wasn't, you know, uh, um, immune to criminal activity because they had already been exposed to it, you know, from 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 their parents. Um, but, yeah, it was plenty of people like that, you know, that that um, I had some some young guys. Uh, I guess they must have been about 14, 15 years old. When 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 they first start coming around, uh, I went to one of my houses and and I had a little cousin that used to hang out. He's about fourteen, fifteen, uh, June, and you know he would just go to my houses because we had you know all the cable and you know nobody really had cable back then. You know we had the satellite dish, you know we had uh, VCRs and you know big screen TV. So. You know, he would go over and entertain his little friends at my house, you know, and I had I had no problem with him with him doing that. Uh, well, he had two buddies that he brought with him and these two little guys just wouldn't leave my house. <laughs> you know, they <laughs> they adopted me <laughs> and and still to this day, one of them still hangs with me still to this day. You know, oh, uh, man. great. And he's one of my most loyal friends that I have uh, uh, in the world. Uh, but yeah, they was about 14 years old, man. And, and they literally moved in and every one of my houses that I went to, they had a bed in, in that house, you know, where when I went there at night to sleep, uh, they would probably be, they, they knew more about my whereabouts than anybody else. Even, even my partner who, who I started in the dope game with, you know, because what I found out is, is their loyalty was to another level. You know, it wasn't, you know, when you got two grown men, you know, even though you know you guys are getting along, it's still that little that little head button, you know, where you know who's really in charge, who's really the smartest. But you know, when, when you're talking about you know young guys, 16, 17 years old, who who you literally raised from 14, 
they start to think more like you than 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 anybody else that that you come in contact with. So yeah, I had I had a, a lot of guys like that, but uh, just to name you know those guys will will probably be my most loyal guys. I mean, you couldn't you couldn't you couldn't even say nothing to me, you know, and 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 especially not angry because they they would take action. You know, I would have to pull them off guys. I mean, these little dudes was like, <laughs> they was mean little dudes, you know. Uh, like, you, you wouldn't even believe how, how, how lower they was. I mean, they would jump in front of 10 guys for me, you know, and, and hmm. take them on. So, uh, yeah, I definitely had guys like that. You know, big brother, uh, uh, homie, daddy, you know, the whole nine yards. And one of them was telling me a story one time about, you know, when he started working with me, you know, he was able to start, you know, taking care of his family, you know, helping his mom out at the house and stuff like that there. So uh, when when you start to do that for people, and that's what I was talking about, the loyalty with Franklin and, and with Rob's dad, you know, when, when somebody look out for you like that, you're supposed to have some type of, of loyalty and, and, and you can't put material value, you know, over, 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 over people, you know, people is the number one, you know, and, and anything that you go into, it's always about the people, you know, you can't make it about the, the, yeah. the, the merchandise. I mean, you can, but yeah. you know, yeah. in the long run, it, it's about the people, man. You, you know, if you really want to win, win the people, if you win the people, you good. Right. Relationships. Very important. Yes. Um, Okay, well, to wrap up, the very last thing that I want to get back to, we see at the end, the very end of the episode. So Lucia and also they made their uh, appeal to Franklin to try to get the recipe. He turned them down. They're desperate. They're going to, you know, worried they're going to get arrested. They're worried this woman is going to kill them. They don't want to go on a run. So they show up at Kevin's house. Um and they managed to convince him to come outside and talk and present him with the offer of, you know, becoming his supplier. He can go solo, um, all these other things. They're trying to throw at him money, obviously, um, if he'll give them the recipe and sell out his people. So the question is, what's he going to do? Is he going to sell <laughs> Franklin out? Or not? What do you think? I don't know. Um, most of the time, they're gonna sell him out. You know, <laughs> uh, they look at the opportunity to be the man. You know, and and I don't think he likes the way Franklin runs the operation anyway. You know, he's not really totally comfortable with Franklin. He thinks Franklin is soft. Uh, um, he thinks he can do a better job. So you think he's going to try to branch out on his own and do his own thing with his new connect um, also in Lucia. So, all right, I don't know. I don't know. I can't – I could agree with that, but I could also see him um, Staying going back. Yeah, to an extent. I mean, to an extent, I think he's going to – he wants that information on who killed – his family member, um, which of course is also one of the things they offered him. Um, so 
I, I know he's going to push to get that. Um, but I just don't know if he'll go all the way to turn it on Franklin. But we're going to find out. We're at episode six, season two, Snowfall. Uh, we'll be back next week talking about episode seven. We'll see what we learn about that and everything else. Um, this is After the Snow. This is Breakbeat Media, the authentically hip-hop podcast network serving the, the global hip-hop community. And, um, you know, we thank you guys for, for checking us out again this week. Uh, be back at you next week. And uh, I don't know what you what you got to say, Stay Rick. Tuned. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. A lot going on. We're going to find out what happened with Kev. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm really interested in to see what he's going to do. What decision does he make? Does yeah. he ride with his homeboy or do he ride with the connect? <laughs> we shall see. We shall see. So don't miss it. Come back next week after the snow. Thank you, guys. We out. Peace. Peace.